Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Lucifer Star Machine, the song Psychic Vampire. It's off of their new album, Satanic Age, which comes out this Friday, April 14th, courtesy of The Sign Records, available worldwide everywhere. If you're interested in what you just heard, I want to make a suggestion to you, and that's to never look at anything Lucifer Star Machine does. Strictly use your ears, because if you use your eyes, if you look at their band pictures, if you look at their cover art, you'll be turned off. There's something about this band, their aesthetic, their visual components are not my thing. And maybe it's just mine. But the music on each of their records, I think, is excellent. And this 
is another example. Even the band name, the song titles, the album titles, it all doesn't sound like a good idea to me. It sounds like uh, weird rockabilly shit. But not when you listen to the music. You listen to the music, you just get straight up rock and roll. Little Misfits, Little Ramones, a lot of Motorhead, Scandinavian uh, rock and roll. All right. And I like it. So I wanted to share it with you. I wrote a review for their last record. I forget what that was called, but that's on gettingitout.net if you want to check that out. And uh, this band does make great music. So I hope you enjoyed that track and I hope you'll listen only to other material from Lucifer Star Machine. This is a total backhanded compliment shit, but I, I'm, I'm serious. You'll fuck it up for yourself if you look at stuff about this band. Just listen to them. Static Age, this Friday, April 14th on the Sign Records. Check it out. What else is happening? On this episode of the podcast, I'm talking more rock and roll. Brotherhawk returns to Getting It Out podcast. We're talking about their new album, The Dreamer, with Nick and JB of the band. But first, you need the hardcore thrash crossover from New Jersey with Hatsa. Check it! Make family out of friends, make friends out of enemies. Peace to my family, make friends till they bury all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out, we be getting it in. Where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been. We're never sitting it out, we'll be getting it in. Where you getting it out? Whose Lord do I get to blame for allergies? What's the reason behind this? Why do we got to do this every year? Huh? Why do we have to have allergies, seasonal allergies? It's not doing me any good. This isn't happening for a reason. Now I got this throat thing. This whole, this, this throwing up phlegm, not throwing up, coughing up phlegm. In the middle of the day, had to change the air filter in the house, which you should have done anyway. But, you know, it wasn't even dirty. It's just because of all the stuff that's in the air now. Who do I blame? Your Lord or your mother nature? I don't know who's responsible. Is, is the Lord in charge of mother nature? Is that how that works? What's the hierarchy? I don't know. Where does Zeus fall in? The, the the there's all sorts of things I don't understand, but mostly I just don't understand why I have to have allergies. I don't want them anymore. People might be like, hey, man, get a shot. A shot of what? I don't understand how that works. How is that going to work? I'm just going to take my Zyrtec every day and uh, everything else as needed. I'm going to mow the lawn and my nose is going to leak like a sieve. Speaking of mowing the lawn, I tried to do that for the first time the other day and the lawnmower exploded. That's an exaggeration, but it did puff a white smoke and then start pouring oil out the side. So I went and bought a new one. That's a very exciting thing in a suburban dad's day. Went and picked up a new Toro. It took me three days to mow this lawn. Shouldn't have. I just didn't feel like finishing the one day. It was getting late. It was cold. I had gone for a run beforehand, so I was sweaty. It's not, it, the temperature doesn't stay up right now. It gets up, but it doesn't stay up. It drops pretty quickly. And I was sweaty and wet and mowing a lawn in damp clothes in the dark. So I quit and mowed it the next day, finished it. Don't worry about it. It's done. Okay. It's done, but it was exciting, disappointing. It was all sorts of things. It was very much a roller coaster of emotions for the first mow of the season. I thought you'd want to know about it. So there you go. Now you know. You're probably wondering what I think of the NBA playoffs now that they have taken shape and I am excited, kind of. This gets disappointing for me because it's like, oh, it's over. 
It's over. Even and trust me, I know the NBA playoffs take months, right? This thing goes to June. So I'm, I'm aware there's still time, but the Sixers will not win at all, unfortunately, because that's just reality. And uh, they're going to have to play the Celtics in the second round. And I'm dreading it. I, I don't want to do it again. They're going to lose to the fucking Celtics again in the second round. And that bums me out. But hey, it looks like Embiid might get that MVP. So cool. Now what? Now you got to get some uh, playoff success. And I don't know if that's going to happen. Certainly will happen in the first round. They will pummel the stupid Brooklyn Nets. It's not even going to be a competition. Maybe it'll be five games, but you know, it won't be shit. It'll be an easy one. It's that second round against the Celtics that uh, is not going to go so well. Just a prediction. Hopefully I'm wrong, but you don't care about that anyway. On this episode of the podcast, as I mentioned previously, I have an interview with Nick and JB of Brother Hawk. This is the second Brother Hawk episode I've done. I had JB on a couple years ago. We touch on that, but we're talking now because they have a new album. It's called The Dreamer. It's out on Liars Club Records and it's excellent. And if you're not familiar with what this band is, does sound like, it's not heavy. It's not hardcore. It's not metal. It's not even punk. It's just rock and roll. And I love it. I play it for everybody all the time. If they like rock and roll music, it's a real simple, real simple band I put on. It's a crowd pleaser. And uh, I should play you a song from them so you're familiar and then you can listen to my conversation with the fellas so here's love made us
It's been two and a half-ish years since the last time we spoke, JB. And that was when you were, I want to say, on the road for the EP. I forget, what did you guys call the EP? Uh, Big Trouble Sessions. Big Trouble Sessions. I knew it was something Sessions. So it's it's been a little while and a lot has happened in the world. But uh, what's been up with you? How's, how's, how's the last two years been? Uh, it's been really fucking interesting. You know, it was very interesting for everybody. I know in different ways, but, uh, it was, it was mostly good. Even the things that weren't great, you know, it ended up being, being good in in some way. Right. Um, But we, we got lucky a little bit. Um, if you could say that with the band stuff, because we were getting ready to stop touring and write this record that was Mm -hmm. our plan for the year anyway. And we played like a couple of uh, last shows and then everything shut down. So we didn't like have to scramble around or like cancel anything or any shit like that. It was just like, we just had to wait to start, you know, writing the record, you know, until we could actually practice again. But we were like already planning on not being out and playing shows and stuff. So it worked out a little bit in that way. Nice. So it didn't, it didn't necessarily derail anything for you. No, it didn't. Like I said, you know, so many people had fucked up a ton of stuff, big plans and all that. And we were, right. we got lucky with that where it didn't, didn't do anything like that for us. Yeah, it just kind of delayed things, I guess. But yeah, totally. You know, but 
just delayed the world or whatever. Right. <laughs> however long. Yeah. Yeah. You, you and everyone else, but it seems like yeah. it, it, it worked out more so in your favor than, uh, than other yeah, people. Totally. Totally. We well, we got, we got another person here. I, I'm sorry. I don't know your name. We haven't, we haven't introduced ourselves. Each other. I'm Dan. Who are you? I'm Nick. I uh, Nick. play keys and sing. Keys. Yeah. Nice. Nice. How long have you been, how long have you been part of brother Hawk? Uh, since we started since the inception. Yeah. 2010, <laughs> 2010. Wow. Yeah. I might've mentioned this to you last time we talked, I don't know. It's been two and a half years. Uh, but I remember hearing about you guys on the, well, I forget what it was called at the time, but what it was originally called to me was the Pennsylvania hardcore message board. <laughs> Okay. It later became it later became stereokiller.com okay. but uh, but there was a there's a few people on there that were that were big into brother hawk chris brickhouse the guy who ran it ran it yeah. and uh and i think that's where you first got on my radar and i've been listening to it ever since and really enjoying it and you kind of become this band that i push on people that i think like you like even when if somebody just likes like rock and roll music like i just find a way to you know, get it on the, the Bluetooth speaker and try to, you know, I always, I try to do this thing when I'm getting, trying to get people to check out shit that I like, where I like, I just have it on, you know, I don't, I don't want to like, I don't want to like, you know, be pushy about it, but I'm just waiting for the minute for him to, for him to speak about or ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I, we appreciate that, man. Yeah, no problem. It's I, I wouldn't do it if I didn't love it. And, uh, that's, that's the case. So when we talked last time, you had told me that you were working on a new LP, which I have to imagine is the dreamer, right? That just came out a week yeah, ago. Exactly. Um, so like, uh, that EP had the song like water on it sure. and we, that was like a live cause that EP was like a live in studio thing. So that's mm -hmm. how we did that. And, uh, but that is on the dreamer as well, like a re-recorded version. So like in our minds, like that's where the writing for this record started was with like water. So it was, that was the first song we wrote, um, thinking, okay, this is like going towards right. a new record. Um, and that was just in the, you know, six months before the pandemic, that song had been out for like two months or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so we were just going to, you know, do that, put a little taste out on the live EP and then, you know, just go and keep writing. Yeah. And then, you know, <laughs> well, that is, that is what you told me back then. You yeah, told me totally. that, that like water was going to be part of, of the record. And I'm glad it is. Cause I, uh, you know, I almost forgot how good of a song that was until it kicks on. Well, I forget where it's at in the track list on those four or five somewhere middle-ish three, sure. maybe three. Yeah. 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 Sure. And, uh, and I, I do think it's, it's nice. Southern sun. Was that a song you released more or farther back? Or is that just something that seems so familiar to me? Uh, maybe the it, latter. It, it was the first single that we. Mm, okay. So maybe you just. Yeah, it's it. been at, that's been out since like November. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's all it is then. Yeah. yeah. It's good, which is a good thing. I'm glad I can't place it, but uh. Yeah. I, I <laughs> so, so we talked a little bit about the, uh, you know, the how the pandemic affected you, and I try not to talk about that shit much anymore, but it's only really relevant 
because the last time we talked was right before, nah, right, right before, so, but a couple of months before, right? So, um, you you mentioned maybe it was it was kind of beneficial in a way because it gave you time to work on the stuff. But was there anything uh, negative? Did it fuck anything up for Brother Hawk as far as the production of the LP, whether it was uh, recording or producing the actual physical? CD or whatever d- platform. Yeah, well, I mean, it fucked a, a bunch of stuff. Up, I guess. <laughs> so, like, right, right off the rip, we lost our drummer at the time. You find him? Uh, no, no, he's still, he's still. <laughs> we, lost, we fucking lost him for good. Uh, <laughs> no, so uh, we're like just like a, a week or two into the pandemic. I feel like uh, our drummer quit. So that was the first thing. Um, and then so also at the time <clears throat> we were like making demos and writing this stuff, talking to, uh, BMG mm-hmm. wow. about putting out the record, which we were, was fucking cool. We were, it was we- weird because that's like bigger than we had anticipated, you know, right. uh, we were being, we were excited about that. And, uh, then over the pandemic that, that all went to shit. Um, they like, they like restructured. They had the to whole, restructure the whole company and yeah. like basically like weren't doing any. Um, what do they call it? They were only doing legacy acts, so they were. They yeah, were not they're not. Any, they weren't going to be like producing any new. Right. They weren't putting any money in anything. No risk. Make any money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No risks. Just shit that no sells. Risks. No risks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So we were like, okay, fuck, and then. Uh, so those are two things that. I, I, they happened. They didn't feel great at the time, but I don't know that it's necessarily like bad. The, you know, maybe that's what was supposed to happen for in both of those cases. Um, but we ended up getting with um, Liars Club Records, who it's uh, Danny that is Amigo the Devil. It's his label that he has like a partnership with and he puts his own stuff out on it and stuff. So. So that worked out, you know, it's a, you know, uh, someone closed the door and someone else opened the window, you know, maybe not God or whatever. <laughs> so, somebody did some shit like that. Well, however the metaphor works, it, yeah, it, totally. it, it seems to work out for you. Uh, previously, I, I don't remember. So I'm this is just, just asking where was the, was, were the previous albums on labels? Were they self-released? They were self-released. Yeah. Um, yeah. Both, both full links self-released. We had had, um, the early EPs were on a friend's label, but it was, you know, a label. <laughs> With Ghetto Josh records or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I never knew that guy, but I knew a lot of guys who knew that guy, which I feel like is something probably a lot of people say. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so basically everything was self-released. Um, did that did that change anything about the way you went about making the dreamer having it put out by somebody else? Not really. I mean, we were lucky that they let us kind of Liars Club let us really just do the record ourselves. Right. And then we just gave it to them basically. <laughs> So, yeah, um, I don't think it changed anything about it. It was a lot less 
bullshit for us to have to do. Yeah, all the know? little, all the tedious stuff of like getting it to the DSPs and and printing the CDs and all that stuff. Like we didn't have to take care of that. Like so. you know, hiring press and all that shit. You know, they, <clears throat> they handle all that, so that was cool. Nice, uh, nice. But other than that, no, like we. I feel like that's how that one was going to get made no matter what. Right. Which was good, which is what we wanted. Yeah. I think that it probably would have been different with BMG. We probably would have been Absolutely. encouraged to make it a little differently. Yeah. They, they were BMG was already talking about getting us with different producers and whatnot. So yeah, they were like wanting to shop, you know, and, so. and set us up with different people and write some, you know, shit like that. Like develop, develop, you know, they, they were, right, right. They were looking at it as like they were going to develop us in a way. And Liars Club was just more like, Hey, you know, your shit's awesome. We'll put it out. Yeah. Basically. I think when, when we were with BM, when we were talking to BMG, we were actually, it was the dreamer was supposed to just be a, an EP. Yeah. Mm. Um, so the fact that we were able to get away from that and like do a proper full length, which I think it really deserved. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And also for with BMG, it wasn't going to be able to like water. Wasn't going to be able to be on it. Yeah. For whatever reason, they like wanted it to be all like you know, all oh, no, all unreleased like that. So it was cool. I, I I agree with Nick that it it got the treatment it deserved as far as you know. Just if it's a, it feels like a really nice whole piece of mm-hmm. art. You know, it's not uh, doesn't feel like different shit stuck together. It feels <laughs> like we really set out to write a record and like that. That's what it was. Cause we're not one of those bands either that writes like, you know, fucking 20, 30 songs and then goes and picks them out. Like we just, we only finish the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, to, we, to speak to that, I think we just fucking stop. So <laughs> to go with that cohesiveness of, of the record, is there a theme or concept to the songs on the dreamer? Yeah. Totally. Throughout. Yeah. Um, so my my dad passed away in 2017 mm. um and he was in the band he like played mm. harmonica and everything and that's just like really been that was just a huge we were very very close just a big dividing point in my life so the the record is really about my life since then you know my family life, my relationships, just, it's been, it's just really about the dreamer is my dad. Mm. That's like a reference to him. Um, so it's just, it's very, it's very much about that. Like very on the nose about the, like the last, you know, four, four to five years of my life since that happened. So that's, it's very sad. It's a very depressing record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Uh, a little heavier than I was expecting. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's, it's heavy duty, man. But uh, it was cool. You know, it's, it's very, it helped very much to write. I got to imagine there's a lot of catharsis to that, right? Absolutely. I don't want to think about where, I mean, I, it took a long time for it to even start, you know, because it's just such a thing, but I like just immediately turned to music, you mm-hmm. know, like I always have. Um, so it's, it's only natural for it to come out that way. Yeah. Did that, when you're writing something and maybe, I mean, not that the other stuff's not personal, but something this personal about stuff like this, do, does, do you take a different type of, ownership over the songwriting 
like is there a do you i don't know nick does it does it change the way that you play into how the songs are put together i don't you know i don't know exactly what the dynamic is but when when it's like this is a per, very personal thing for jb does that change the way you guys do things i don't think so i mean we're all we're all very close we were all right. kind of you know like we're always writing together you know um jb writes the lyrics on his own so like that's always been kind of how that works but um and i write them after the fact too yeah like i um i i'm not a person that would just like i i would write music and play the guitar like all the time if i just like didn't have like a a band or anything like that but i wouldn't sit around and write fucking lyrics or poetry, you know, it's like just that, it's like that kind of like a necessity kind of part. So I always just like, I have like kind of like an ongoing note of different things that come to mind that I think of lines and this, you know, I think I'm sure a lot of people do that, but I just take that into a, a pretty much finished song most of the time. Um, and most of the time I'll have an idea beforehand, but it, it I really won't. I won't make myself put the lyrics to it until <laughs> the music's all done. Um, but then also, you know, like I said, you know, dad was in the band and everything. So it's like, it, it's, it's about that. It's that too. You know, we all lost him. Right. You know, right. Nick's, Nick's knowing, known him longer than any one of my other friends, Nick, Nick and I met in kindergarten. So he's known my dad, you know, almost his whole life too. So, um, it's very personal to me, but like very personal to us as well. Just like on a only slightly different level, you know? Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. I, I totally forgot about him being in the band in just like 30 seconds there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, all right, you guys, you mentioned you don't know each other since kindergarten. That's very interesting to me because for some reason, I don't fucking know anybody from kindergarten anymore. I don't think <laughs> like, like, I don't think I know anybody from ninth grade, uh, yeah. maybe 10th, you know, but but uh and that's i mean i know them they're out there in the world but you know personally i don't think i hang out with them but i do remember like i do remember kindergarten for some reason i remember the kids that sat at my little table do you guys like remember knowing each other back then like do you like, do you remember do you remember all right this was, there's no way but do you remember like meeting each other back that long ago yeah yeah we totally do because like we <laughs> We've told the story like a million times also, so it's hard to forget, but um we weren't in the same class, but we were like in proximity at the lunch table or something like that. And we were in kindergarten and I was like I was always really into music. So I was like, does anybody give a shit about music? Like what's does anybody know who Nirvana is? And Nick was like, I do. And then I was like, all right, sit. We're friends. And no, and no one else. You and know. everyone else is like, what the fuck is this talking about? Like, who gives a shit? That's, um, a, that's a little early for. Yeah, totally. Well, you, know, I, you said my, my whole family's super into music, my parents, and I have an older brother. Yeah. So I. I did it. Everything was three years early for me because I'm the, I won't be, I won't be left out of anything. I refuse <laughs> to be left out of shit. So I, I did everything at the same time that my older brother did for yeah. the most part. My older sister was in the same class as their older brother. So like yeah. they knew each other and like, yeah, it was, so it was easy. It was an yeah. easy early start. Yeah. And we right. were just 
<clears throat> we bonded over that. And then Nick, I mean, I just knew we both liked music. I didn't play music at all at the time. I had tried, I had, had a drum set. I had like a guitar. I didn't know how to play them. There's a piano at my house. I also didn't know how to play. And Nick came, uh, over to my house to just spend the night or some shit, you know, whatever. Came over to hang out and fucking tore our family piano, a new asshole. I mean, my dad was just like losing our minds. Like, holy shit. He was already so good at piano. And it really just blew me away and my dad away, especially for sure. And then, um, I think you guys should lie and say the band started then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we wish we started a much. Okay, so that we started our first band together in third grade because after a few years of that, Nick wanted to play the drums, and I I wanted to play guitar, but I just you know nothing was getting lighting a fire under my ass, and I was like, well, if you're playing the drums, I need to fucking get a guitar and learn how to play it. Um, and so I did when I was nine and that's kind of why I started playing guitar because I wanted to, but that was like the thing that actually got me going was like, I got to learn how to do this so I can keep up with Nick and we can play music <laughs> together. Uh, so yeah, like I said, we know each other the majority of our lives. That's great. And it's, uh, I think, I think it's super rare too to have that kind of continue. Conti- yeah, I mean, what's the word I'm looking for? Who else do we still talk to? Yeah, just yeah, like you said, we, it's, it's like, not like we... <laughs> I don't fucking know anyone or anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because uh, that, 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 that subject comes up between my wife and I every now and then because she's, she's from Italy and we're here, right? Obviously in you know, Pennsylvania. And you know, she went to like, actually went to school in Germany for a time and she'll say like well I don't have any of the, these old friendships like well neither fucking do I and I grew up 45 minutes away like it's, <laughs> it's not a like it's it's and I think that's the I and I'm not saying that like to, to make fun of her the point is just that I think that's the case for a lot of people like yeah. most people just don't you don't you get older you don't have friends anymore <laughs> you know it's just yeah, one or two maybe but there's no you're not usually typically tight with somebody so it's very cool that you guys have had that longevity and are still doing this stuff together well it's cool i think i think why it's been a, a big part of why it's been able to go on for so long too is we went separate ways in life for a long mm. time like we were never not friends but like we didn't see each other for years and I was like playing in hardcore bands and he was like getting fucking degrees and what conducting and yeah organ and, and piano performance organ and piano like he, I thought you meant trains <laughs> you know, like orchestra conducting and whatnot. Yeah. Like I was at, I was in music school, like in college. Yeah, and stuff. totally. And I was doing pretty much the exact opposite of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, Different kind of music school. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And then, so when I, wanted to do something different and I really wanted to have like a keyboard element to it. I didn't want to have a second guitar player. I wanted mm-hmm. to have that, you know, find some, some another way to do that kind of thing. And I just really wanted Nick to do it. And after a couple of years of convincing him, <laughs> he joined up with me and James and we just started. So it's been the, me, James and Nick since the beginning of the band. Mm-hmm. And only the drummers have changed. Many, many, many times. (laughs) Yeah, it's the spinal tap thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Luckily, knock on wood, none of our guys are dead. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, they're just dead to us. No. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does it, what's the no, difference? Just, you know, no, we, honestly, yeah. we're cool with everybody that's ever been. It's just friends, and it's never been anything bad. Like to quit, it's just been like life stuff where you know I'm going to get married and do something different. It's like all right, right. <laughs> I get it. I've done all those things. I understand. Uh, but, uh, but the, the, I really like the progression of brother Hawk. I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty subtle, but I do like, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't, well, all right. From my perspective, it doesn't seem like much has changed. It's just gotten better. Right. So what would you, as you, as the two guys playing it, two of the four guys playing it, what, would you say has changed throughout each record or up until now? Um, the, a, a big, there's two really big parts of that. I think like one is our gear keep has always been changed, especially him and I were always like trying to find ways to like fit in with each other more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has kind of progressed over each record, but I feel like this, we've been challenging ourselves on the songwriting more and more. Um, we just have gotten better yeah. period, you know? Yeah. So starting this band, <laughs> I I had never sang for a band before. I didn't want to sing for a band. I just wanted to be the guitar player. Yeah, we were looking for a singer. Looking we started for this I, and James and I were doing a different band before, like for a couple of years where like it was very similar. We're just looking for a singer, like just and it didn't happen. And it just and I was like, this isn't going to fucking happen. Like who can sing and who doesn't suck? You know, it's like uh, just couldn't make it happen. And then so Brother Hawk starting was also and one, okay, so, so Nick, I, it took me a minute to convince Nick to be in the band because he was like, well, I don't play keys like in a band. He's like, I'm a, I'm a pianist. I'm an organist. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, we can, we can, we can change that. Let's fucking just let's yeah. get the fucking keyboard. Let's just get going, you know? Um, Don't you know you can identify as whatever you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he um, said... Uh, so that it was him, Nick, starting to get comfortable with that, and then me getting comfortable with being a singer and singing and playing guitar at the same time uh, in a way where it was like before I was doing way more complicated guitar stuff. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to calm it down and play simpler things so I can sing and be mm-hmm. a singer because we need one. And I think just coming from that to now we've been in this band for 13 years, it's like why I can write whatever I want on guitar and then sing, you know, and he can same for Nick. He's playing, he's adding a fucking appendage, like playing an instrument constantly, but he plays two keyboards at the same time and a bass synth with his feet. So, and he sings and it's just, we're just getting, we've just gotten better at like what we've been trying to do. So I feel like, it does sound like not much has changed because we're just like constantly refining this thing that we've been trying to create, you know? And so I just think every iteration is just like a more realized version of, of what it is that we do. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f***? 
are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Basically. Yeah, that's, that's basically what I was trying to say, but I suck at words sometimes and I can't fucking <laughs> get it out there. You know, it doesn't, doesn't come out the way I intended to, but that's what, yeah, that's what I meant by it. nothing seems like a change has gotten better. And, uh, and I think that's, I mean, that's what you want, obviously. Uh, I know yeah. some bands want to, and I like when some, you know, I don't know, it's to change changes for every band. I like when bands morph into other things and do whatever, or, but I like when some are just the same as they've, you know, ACDC the way the, the whole way through, but, sure. but it's nice to see, to hear somebody get better. I was actually just talking about this earlier this week to a friend of mine in a hardcore band end it in Baltimore. And I was talking to them about how they, they, they're on like their, whatever their 30 P or something. Mm-hmm. And I listened like backwards, like chronologically, just before I spoke to them. And I was like, I don't think I didn't realize like the early shit wasn't bad at all. But like when you listen backwards, you just hear how much worse it was, like compared <laughs> to like to compared to what it is now. Like, yeah, you know, no, when absolutely. You, I mean, when you go the when you go the other way, it's not as obvious because you go you're go, you're going with the grain, right? But when you right. go backwards, it's you hear it and it's like, wow, yeah, this is a drop off. but all right so uh tell me about the and i guess this has been through the whole band and i maybe i just have been overlooking it the whole time but there's or maybe i'm just wrong their whole native american theme to brother hawk um in a sense um my best friend, John Henry Gloin, who does all of our art and created all of our logos, is a Native American artist. Um, so he draws a lot of inspiration from that. And I'm also, my dad was half Native American and just have always been drawn to that imagery and that type of thing. Um, and just love that John does that for us. It's, it's awesome. So it's just been kind of inherently just a part of the aesthetics that we chose you know but but yeah that's it no it's cool it's it's like what i expect from you guys at this point too so i think that's why i also kind of don't notice it like right (laughs) but it's like it's like a it's like unifying theme throughout it other than the music it's the aesthetic too we wanted that i mean from the from the rip he's been like one of our biggest supporters and like i said he's my best friend so it he was we were best friends before I started the band. He actually was a big person that got me off my ass to like, actually like really get something started because I was frustrated and not being able to get anything done the way I wanted to. Uh, Cause you were playing hardcore. <laughs> right. I was like trying to not. Okay. And uh, I just, like, hey, look, I love hardcore, but come on, we know the limitations. There. <laughs> hey, same here. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, and uh, I basically just, you know, he kind of gave me like a, a pep talk, so to speak, where I was just like, at, coming from that, I was like, okay, I've got to start doing this however I can actually make it happen instead of just complaining about why I can't do it the way I want to or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so just for him to kind of be, he's kind of the the creative art director of the of the band. He guides us aesthetically and all that stuff, the designs and everything. Well, I really like learning this time around talking to you uh, because we definitely didn't touch on a lot of this stuff last time, but how much, how, how like personal brother Hawk is for you with all the people involved, with your dad being in the band and with Nick, with you, with your friend doing the art, like, like that's not, most people aren't doing that. You know that you've been in bands. Most people, you know, a lot of people, it's just, uh, who do we, who do we get this time? You know, who, you know, this guy's out, this guy's in, whatever. Like, so that's that that obvi- that seems important to to you, to all of you. Totally. Uh, I mean, big time. I mean, that's uh, I, I'm very precious with my time. I don't like being around like random fucking people <laughs> <laughs> or people that I don't like genuinely enjoy. You know, like on a I like. So if I'm doing something, I always prefer to do it with someone that I is my friend that I care yeah. about in in any level. You know, I like to eat at my friend's restaurants. I like to get tattooed by my friends that tattoo. I like to, you know what I mean? It's just like that kind of thing. I, I've just been like that friend and family kind of person. That's great. No, it's, it's something that I've tried to uh, remember sometimes is to not look so far when I'm looking for resources of any kind. Like a lot of times the people are right in front of my fucking face as people I've known my whole life. But, but but like, there's like this, I got to step outside for some reason. I got to reach farther, but if, but you know, lift each other up, do do it all together and it it all works out better. I mean, some of your friends are fucking shitheads and they suck at what they do and and you just find out the hard way. (laughs) You give them them a chance. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. And then, and then you can tell them why you don't, why they suck or, you know, yeah, "Yeah, man, you fucked this all up, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it though, but you know, yeah, nice try, but you know, do better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's a, I, I was, I was out for a run earlier. I was listening to the dreamer and I don't, I don't know what, what song it was, but there was a song on, I was like, you know, really trying to like listen to the lyrics, but also not get hit by a car. So, and it, it made me like, think about, it made me think about how, like I, I was in a band at one point and I wrote lyrics and I sung the lyrics and those lyrics to me were like, I felt meaningful right now. I probably look back and go, no, but you know, then it felt like important and meaningful to me. And I, it wasn't like a primary objective, but it was like a thing that I did want to happen. I wanted somebody to listen to them and hear them. And like, you know, I wanted them to actually like take in what I was saying. Do you, I know the lyrics you mentioned, they're like a secondary thing for you, but is that, an important thing for you? Is it something you consider? And if so, is there like a song or set of lyrics on this record that you would most like somebody to hear? Um, yeah. I, uh, 
I, I don't want to. Uh, lyrics are super important to me, and um, I just—I I mean, they're, they're secondary. And I, I, when I said that, I meant more like. Um, oh, I just in the process, yeah. Yeah, in the process, like yeah. that's the part that I have to make myself do. But they are important. Like, it, it, I want them to be good. I think, and that's why I—I'm not positive that they are a lot of the time. I'm like super critical. <laughs> of that kind of thing. Um, but I feel good about them for the most part. And honestly, it would be hard to pick one song, but I will just say that the record in general, I, I, I think, you know, it's just about dealing with loss in a bunch of different ways, you know? Yeah. And I think just it's nice to hear that. Um, I mean, as just someone who's gone through it and now has written about it, I can imagine that. I mean, I have gotten a couple of comments already from people who like, you know, lost a parent or sibling or something like that, that just like it helped them in some way. It touched them. It, it made them think about something in a different light or whatever, you know, that's, that's a big deal. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I think that's what music does whether or not it it is the song directly pertains to what it is you're going through there's just always something that you can hear that mm-hmm. if you're listening is there for you you know in some kind of way if that makes sense yeah that, 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 <laughs> no, it totally does yeah yeah um there's there's one song that uh and I think it's just because of the line, the one line about faith no more sticks out in my head. It's in the car, sing along under the rain. What's what's that song about? If briefly, you don't have to give me like a whole thing. I'm just curious um, about that line. That okay, so that line, that song is like it's kind of a song for my mom, um, which is not the only you know everything's for my mom. Most right. <laughs> it's kind of it's a song for my mom because the first verse is. Uh, about a day that her and I were driving to the beach um, not too long ago, just like a, a little over a year ago. Because uh, Under the Rain was the last song that we wrote for the record. Mm. Um, and it was the last one I finished. I, I was like finishing the lyrics to Under the Rain like while we were in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and um, <clears throat> so that was about a day, the two of us. And then the second verse is... Um, from like my childhood, that's me and my mom, my dad, my brother. And we had some family favorite CDs in the car. Um, and Faith No More, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime is one of them. And, uh, we would just listen to that all the time and we all like loved it equally. And it's what, you know, it's a really fucking weird record, but yeah. <laughs> incredible stuff on it. And it's the, the very last song, um, I can't think of what it's called. Uh, anyway, the very last song on King for a Day was like just the one that we would listen to the most and just sing and have a good time coming home from dinner or whatever we were doing. So that those just the two verses just kind of like about two different times with my family feeling good. But then also, you know, the first verse is after my dad is gone, you know, and it's just a right. lot of things that go with that. And then honestly, the chorus that was from, I, I had like a song a long, long time ago, like 
probably like 10 ish years ago um, that had a chorus that kind of went like that. And I never really liked the song and like, didn't like finish it or anything like that. But my mom always really liked it. So I was like in that zone of like writing for my mom. So I was like, Oh, I want to like put this in the chorus and make that, make it kind of about that. So yeah, that's it. That's interesting. And that's, uh, you know, I, that's such a, such a cool uh, family CD to, to listen to. I don't think we had anything like that in my, you know, <laughs> I mean, I thought you you didn't even go with the real thing. I thought like, well, they just told he's just gonna say epic, you know. They were just you know, but uh, King for a day, King for a day, baby. I mean, we <laughs> so we knew Faith No More, you know, from the radio from Epic because like that yeah. was obviously all over the radio. But I would go into Blockbuster and just like. <laughs> be like what what looks cool you know right. like you don't there's no fucking internet like you just have the radio if you can catch who it was all that shit yeah. so I was like, well, let's go to the rock section and see what looks cool and at the king for a day it's got like the red it's all red and it's got the, yeah. the cop and the dog and shit and I was like this looks awesome so you know you could listen to him and I popped it in and I was like oh this is fucking heavy this is killer and then I just bought it and then it just goes in the car and then my parents are just fucking cool and I've always they put me on to music you know when I was a kid they've always been way into it um, so they're they didn't like everything that me and my brother listened to all the time but when something good came in that we all liked it was it was a treasure like right. that <laughs> that's very cool Nick did you have a similar uh, childhood in that regard did you have a musical house was your family on board with music uh, yeah, it's just in a little bit of a different way. Um, my mom and my mom's side of the family was very musical, but, uh, um, my mom is Filipino. And so like my grandparents were, they would like play like old standards on the piano, like, you know, love songs and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, my sister and I growing up were always, um, you know, listening to grunge or like whatever, like whatever was cool on the radio and like listening to stuff like that together. Um, my dad, uh, <laughs> who's not Filipino, he's very white, but he, <laughs> but he was a huge Jethro Tull fan, had a bunch of Led Zeppelin, a bunch of vinyl, you know, just like stuff like that. So, um, he was always very eager to like share that stuff with, um, me and my siblings so that we were exposed to all that. So like, I, you know, they were taking us to the symphony all the time, but also like taking us to rock concerts and, and festivals and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, somewhat similar, I would say, uh, compared to most people, like, you know, yeah. you go, you go to some friend's house and like, they don't even care what's on the radio or like what they're listening to. And I just like, don't understand that. It's like, <laughs> well, that, no, that's, that's kind of yeah, like, like how, yeah. that's kind of like how I grew up where it was like music wasn't even a, even a thing. I mean, my dad left behind some records when he left, but my mom listened to the oldies, you know, every now and then, but now, but now I'm like doing the opposite thing with our kids. We like make them go, made them go see Metallica last year. Or <laughs> like, we, awesome. But then like this year we're going to, with them to Taylor Swift. I took them to turnstile. I'll take oh, them yeah. to, you know, like just whatever, like, nice. yeah, you're going to come with us to this. We made them all go see Chuck Reagan the other day, you know, like nice. we're just mixing them up, throwing them at them, whatever sticks sticks. But at the same time, like, like I was talking about with, uh, where I play, like, brother hawk when other people were around like but also not trying to push anything on them letting them yeah, yeah. figure it out themselves like my the youngest one man, i don't even know what the fuck she's into now like cardi b or something she's like nine so it's bad <laughs> you know it's it's not it's not good like so that one's already going off the rails but it's it's fun to watch uh to watch them 
figure it out and just like go through it. I buy them records. Like in this whole room, like behind me is just basically all records. And, uh, I buy them records like, and I know they don't listen to them. Like it's like not for them kind of, you know, right. it's just like something that I like doing, but I, it's funny. Cause I'll buy them something. And by the time, like the, the day comes like birthday or Christmas or whatever to give it to them, they're like, so done with that already. You know what I mean? Like it moves so fast. Uh-huh. And, and I know like for us growing up, we're all obviously like nearly exactly the same age. Uh, it was different because it, was, it wasn't at our fingertips the way it is now. Like we, it was grunge and uh, that's the way it was. It was, that's what you heard every day, everywhere. You couldn't flip through the shit like you can now yeah. and uh, they can. And I don't know. It's just, it, just speaking about growing up with music is weird. No, totally but cool. Imagine that the amount of access now. Yeah. How do you decide what you like? I mean, I guess you don't. I guess that's the thing about like they just like everything or they don't. I don't know. Or they don't like anything. <laughs> yeah, I just I'm sure it's really similar to the way we always were, you know, with one thing from year to year. But the turnover is just way quicker. It's like week to week. Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to something earlier today. I was talking about how you can't go. <laughs> you can't go by like uh medical experiments they do with rodents because they only live for two years. So like six weeks is like fucking 16 years for them. You know what I mean? So like, so like you can't like, so that's like them now. They're like fucking rodents trying to listen to music. It it doesn't work. It doesn't work the same, but all right, back, back to brother Hawk and I'll get, get out of here real soon. But, uh, I wanted to ask, uh, Liars Club, you said that that came about and, uh, they are putting, they did put out, I keep thinking, I keep forgetting that the dreamer is already out, came out last week. They put that out a week ago, March 31st, I think officially. Yes, sir. Uh, how's it going over from you, for you guys? How, what have you heard? What's the feedback been? Uh, it's been nothing but positive so far. I mean, everybody that's listened to it seems to really like it, which I I think, you know, speaks to like what you said, like, if you already like our band, you're going to like this because it's exactly like our band, except better. So it's, it's good for the people that already like it. It's like very much like, Oh shit, this is, this is fully brother Hawk. I can, I can. Yeah. It'd be a very odd thing to say. I like the last record, not this one. (laughs) <laughs> it wouldn't make it like, like yeah i'd be like well that's weird because it, yeah. it's the same shit it's just better you, know? yeah. <laughs> you mean you like it a little bit worse like yeah <laughs> yeah but no it's, but, it's been really positive i mean even from the time we made it everyone mm-hmm. that's work everyone that worked on it and you know has loved it everyone we've shown it to everybody at the label really likes it i mean it's just bit we everybody seems to think it's good and i mean we definitely do we're really proud of it i think yeah. we really i feel like we really accomplished exactly what we were trying to do yeah so I don't think there's any, I don't think we fell short really. So if someone doesn't like it, it's just because they don't, not because we fucked it up. <laughs> not because you fucked up. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have to agree. Uh, I think, I think you totally delivered here as well. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it kind of snuck up on me. I like, I feel like I knew it was coming and then it was here. And I like that though, because of how quickly music comes and goes. And I literally keep a spreadsheet of upcoming releases. So like, oh, wow. like I fucking really pay attention and you guys almost slip past my, my thing. So that's, <laughs> that's both good. And that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> All right. So this is the last question for you. What do you think you'll look back on most fondly about the creation of this record? Making it. Yeah. Being in the studio with Tom. Uh... Man, man, like, on, it's It's been all downhill since we made it. Honestly. <laughs> I was just spit my beer on the computer. <laughs> no, but, but honestly, like make, making it was like really incredible. It was like the, you know, we spent 10 days in the studio with Tom where we normally spend two days in a studio somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just... He's awesome. Miles, the assistant engineer, was fucking awesome. They brought so much to the process and to the record itself. And we even had Miles sing harmony on a song. And, you know, just uh, Tom got got us to try different things that we normally we normally don't take the time to try, you know, because yeah. time is money. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, we did. And it, yeah, they always want you to try it while they're, while you're there. Right. You yeah. know, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you give me the notes beforehand and then we'll work it out while we're not paying you to be here. Yeah. yeah. But but we, not, it was just a great time all around the whole time. Like we, like we had an instant like connection with Tom cause this was the first record he's done with us mm-hmm. and, uh, in that studio. And just it was the first time I met him in person. Yeah, too. From I just know who he is because he's yeah. a fucking badass, legendary dude around Atlanta, all over the world, worldwide. Tom Tapley, <laughs> um, but he was just awesome, man. I, mean, I felt like I knew him for a long ass time, like right from the jump. He just jumped in and was so excited about the project from the that it worked. <laughs> I, we were trying to figure out who we wanted to get to do the record and we were talking about going outside of Atlanta and then I was like well if we were going to do it in Atlanta who would I get to do it and I was like man I wonder if, if Tom Tapley would want to do it because um, he's done stuff for Blackberry Smoke and uh, the guy TJ who had done our other records used to work for Tom he like came up under Tom right um, so I just I hit up Brit um, for Blackberry Smoke and and just was like, let me get Tom Tapley's number. And he gave it to me and I texted him and I was like, hey, this is JB from Brother Hawk. Just, you know, we're thinking about making a record here in Atlanta. I just wanted to see if you'd be interested. He texted me back. Fuck yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Let's do it. And, you know, and then he called me and was just like, yes, let's fucking do it. And I sent him the songs. He was like, this sounds incredible. I'm so excited. It was just from the jump. He was fucking awesome and excited and just a huge part of making it sound really fucking good. So it was the time of my life, like yeah. no bullshit. The, the comfort level in the studio, like to to be open to like trying new things. Like you know, it's not just that he was like asking us to try things, but like the fact that I felt totally confident about like what he was gonna do and like how he was making me like feel about like trying new things. It, it was just everything was just so pretty much perfect in the studio. I honestly couldn't have gone better. Like I said, it was, it was fucking badass. Like that was, uh, I felt very accomplished just being in that situation. I'm like, yo, we're fucking, this is legit as fuck. This is- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? I imagine that's gotta be a great feeling. I mean, that's the, oh, that's felt, the feeling great. you're chasing, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was just totally awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. Great answer. Well, all right. Real last question. What's next for the, for brother Hawk? What's, what's happening the rest of 2023 that you know of that you can say. We're trying to make some shit happen, man. Yeah. You know, uh, we got some people working to try to get us in front of some other people. There you go. And we're just trying to get in front of some people. 
<laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I don't know when or where it's actually going to happen, but that's that's what we're working on. So if you can help Brother Hog get in front of some people, holler at us. Yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> when the moon is sinking low And the sun comes through the door It's burning slow The daylight hits the snow Then I'll know The
So there you have it. That was my conversation with the fellas in Brotherhawk. The song you just heard was The Dreamer. That's the title track off of The Dreamer, available now everywhere, courtesy of Liars Club Records. If you weren't a fan before, I hope you're a fan now. I hope you check out all their records that they've done in the past and the ones that they'll do in the future, too. That's how a fan works. Become a fan because I'm a fan. And uh, I appreciate it when they put out new music and I appreciate it when they take their time to talk to me about it. Hopefully they were new for you and you listened and you enjoyed. Hopefully you were somebody who came here for a death metal episode and instead you got Brother Hawk. Hopefully you were somebody who came here for a hardcore episode and instead you got Brother Hawk because it's worth your time no matter what you like. And I've already proven that to you. I'm done making the case. Just accept what I'm saying. All right. Accept it. Jeez. Okay. I want to encourage everybody to go to gettingitout.net. Check out what's going on there. Lots of things coming up. Lots of things coming down the pipe, I should say. I need to get back on the review writing horse. A bunch of cool records are coming out very soon or have recently come out that I need to put record reviews up for. If you want to write record reviews yourself, for getting it out net, you can always do that. Just reach out to me. Let me know. Always looking for help with putting up articles there. Always willing to give anyone a shot. Just talk to me. I guess that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. I got a lot of cool episodes coming up in the near future. A lot of death metal, some creeping death, some cattle decapitation, some entheos, some other stuff. That's yet to be announced, but keep coming back. There'll be shit here for you. I'm going to take this one in a different direction. I'm going to end it with a track from black metal band Fen. This one is called Scouring Ignorance. and It's off of their new album Monuments to Absence, which drops July 7th, courtesy of Prophecy Productions. I guess this song doesn't really fit this episode and I don't mind at all. Here's some black metal. Have a great day. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.